0: Welcome to Exploration, the podcast where you get to listen to a couple of babbling boobs blather on about their pitiful past. I'm John Williams.
1: And I'm Ben Robinson. By the power of Skull, We're talking He-Man and the Masters of the Universe.
2: Oh, how's it going, Ben? Oh, it is going good. Yeah. It's a uh it was only a matter of time before we hit this topic and I'm really glad we are doing this. Yeah, this is one that's been on the docket for a while and uh it's time has come. So we're talking He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah. A uh, little little cartoon and toy series from the 80s. I don't know if anybody else has heard of it. It's it was kind of a kind of a small, yeah, a little niche thing. So, let's get right into it. Enough fucking around. <laughs> so so quick question for you right off the bat. Yeah.
1: Who exactly were the masters of the universe? Because I, I it sounds like He-Man was excluded from that group. Because it was him and the Masters of the Universe.
2: Yeah. I mean, is it like like uh like Joan Jett and the Black Stars? Like is she wait, was that the name? Black, black Stars. Hearts. Black Hearts, yeah. Was she a black heart? Or was she just a Joan Jett?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers? Oh, yeah. Is he a member of the Heartbreakers or the Heartbreak? I think the Heartbreakers were his backup band and he was Tom Petty.
2: Yeah. Was, was Mike a mechanic or was it just Mike and the mechanics?
1: I think the latter. So uh, the most powerful man in the universe is not one of the masters of it. <laughs>
2: I would not consider Man-at-Arms and Teela masters of any universe.
1: No. like I mean, there was his parents that were like a king and queen. They were masters of some sort, I guess.
2: I wonder if He-Man is the next in line of masters of the universe, like whoever possesses the sword of power.
1: Oh, oh maybe. Yeah. So it's not necessarily people that are around. It's uh, a lineage.
2: Yeah. And they're all part of the universe.
1: So, yeah, Skeletor at one point was a master of the universe.
2: Yeah. Why not? yeah or
1: or maybe the bad guys are the masters of the universe and it's more of an adversarial relationship
2: oh shit it's he-man versus the masters of the universe yeah. well i don't know i'd be even less likely to call fucking beast man and trap jaw masters of the universe
1: <laughs> yeah fair enough
2: if they are subordinate to adult like skeletor then i don't know
1: yeah, I, I bet that I don't think there was a whole lot of backstory thought put into that name from what I hear, like a an exec threw it out because the Lords of Power was too religious. Yeah, I too religious.
2: Said. We watched this fantastic documentary on Netflix called uh, Power of Grayskull, The Definitive History of He-Man, One, of, some little subtitle like that. Which is why we're not really
1: going to cover the history of He-Man because that documentary does it. So if you want to hear all the tidbits and stuff about development and how the whole thing went down uh go watch power of Skull or the the episode of toys that made us yeah which was also super entertaining
2: both of those are such comprehensive fantastic documentaries on masters of the universe i would really feel like i'd be doing a the topic a disservice if we just like took notes from all of that and then came and rehashed it
1: yeah 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 those they do a better
2: job than we will for sure so
1: yeah. I, I liked the Toys That Made Us episode as from an entertainment value more. Oh, it was so funny. I did not expect to laugh as much as I did while watching that show because it didn't seem like it was supposed to be a comedy, but boy, did I. And then uh, The Power of Grayskull is a lot more informative and complete.
2: Yeah, very, very comprehensive.
1: Not nearly as uh, hilarious.
2: Yeah, I remember watching that Toys that Made Us thing at your house, your your last place you lived in, and we hadn't seen the series at all, and that was the first episode we yeah, watched. Of course it was. It was shocking how uh, how funny it was.
1: It was kind of a letdown watching the rest of them when they weren't as funny.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know who edited that one, but uh they had they had good ideas. Oh, I think it had a lot to do with the folks that developed
1: He-Man we just interesting characters that had a lot of funny shit to say,
2: but also the, the person uh, picking out the moments. And then I, I remember them like having like one guy say a line about something and then like just cutting to another person, like giving like a silent stare or something, you know, yeah. like if they had nothing to do with each other in in the actual shooting of it but this guy was like oh this would be great like he had great comedic timing yeah it was very well done yeah so we are going to go through masses of the universe and its various incarnations and more talk about our experience and our thoughts and feelings gross what are those i know it's it's weird <laughs> um so what was your first run-in with he-man and what how old were you or or young do you remember your first exposure to he-man
1: oh uh, you know i remember the first he-man toy i got oh cool you know the series had been out so i you know i think my first impression of he-man was the cartoon itself yeah and seeing it on the television. vision But the first time I got a toy was... uh, Man, what birthday would that have been? It was when I was maybe five, fourth, fifth birthday somewhere. I remember the house I was living in, and that was in that first grade era, maybe? Yeah. Maybe second grade,
2: even? Oh, shit. Yeah, we would have been like... Five or six.
1: six. Yeah. One of those birthdays. Anyway, I remember the birthday. One of the things I remember most distinctly about it was uh, I was sharing it with one of my cousins. Ew. And uh, we had a coconut cookie monster cake.
2: And you don't like
1: coconut. I hate coconut. It was very disappointing. Did you hate coconut back then?
2: Yes, I did. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was what set you off. Because I know you hate coconut, but no, no, nobody knows the reason. That probably didn't
1: help. You know, maybe maybe I didn't. Maybe I that was my first run-in with Coconut, and I was so bitter at having to share my birthday yeah. with somebody that it just tarnished it Coconut's reputation for the rest of my life. I don't know. <laughs> but I do remember I got my first He-Man figure, which was not He-Man or Skeletor. Oh, no. Um, which is, I understand, because I've done that, like, when taking my kids' places, if it's something super popular, like, you, you don't buy them He-Man. They probably already have He-Man. Like, what if they already got it? No, nah, fuck them. They got a second one. Well, I... Got me a uh, Too Bad action figure.
2: Oh, shit. <laughs> that would make sense for the timing then if it, if it was later in the series. Yeah, yeah. They'd kind of branched out. There was all kinds of
1: He-Man action figures. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it, was, it was a Too Bad. The guy with like two heads and
2: scales down one arm. And Were they both lizard heads? I remember at least one was a lizard head. No,
1: the heads were slightly different. One of them was more scaly and the other guy was green or some shit I don't yeah
2: know. I wonder if it was part of the uh, the whole Snake Men thing towards the end I remember I eventually ended up melting it in a microwave <laughs> that sounds right
1: <laughs> all of my he-man action figures were ruthlessly destroyed later on in my life yeah nails and fire explosions the same the same fate that my gi joe figures met poor bastards <laughs> but yeah that was the first one I got and then I remember kind of amassing a greater collection over time yeah, after that. But uh, yeah, I, I played the shit out of those things when I was a kid. They were awesome. They were all big and beefy and all had their own weapons and smash them together. And-
2: that yeah. was a super bulky sculpt. Oh you know, man. as opposed to like the gi joes of the time you know that or i i don't know if gi joes were quite the quite around when in 82 when it first started but
1: i think that's about when they switched from the big figure you know the like the doll essentially yeah. down to the smaller figures because they were chasing that uh that sweet sweet star wars movie,
2: oh yeah that's right which was about the same
1: time i think that's when they changed the form factor the articulation on gi joes was better but the giant satisfying hero that you could hold in your hand on the he-man action figures was unparalleled
2: yeah they were gnarly big see i don't remember having a ton of masters of the universe figures when i was a kid bizarrely enough because it's this won't be any shocker to anyone who listens regularly but this was so important to me, that's just become the keyword. Everything was so important to me that, that we're talking about.
1: Well, it's almost like we're picking these topics of things that were important to us. I
0: know.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to talk about something like algebra that I, that yeah. I hate.
1: Next episode, Polly Pocket.
2: <laughs> well,
1: it's going to be a very short
2: episode. That <laughs> was kind of important to me. Now, um, I remember when I was a kid, like my earliest impression of it was going to the, the video store. And kids, you can Google it. That was a store that you went to to rent videos. Uh, they used to come on cassettes. Be kind, rewind. And I remember going into the into this one video store when I was a kid, and the cover art was super cool. I I believe like it, it had this design that had like a, a rectangle in it that had an image from the cartoon itself or one of the episodes. But um, each tape had like three episodes on it, and I would rent them every single time I could. I feel like. You know, our age of reason as far as, like, deciding what toys we wanted to get were, I feel like we were just on the on the outer edge of He-Man. Like, I, th- I think anybody younger than us kind of missed it a little bit, unless they just got the residuals. I felt sort of the same way about the original run of Transformers, that, like, we were on the edge of understanding it, whereas kids that were younger than us were, you know, the Ninja Turtles and the Biker Mice from Mars and Street uh, Street Sharks and Power Rangers generation. Yes. So I remember having the toys, but I don't remember having the big collection. I feel like once I was deciding what toys I wanted, it was the the like superpowers action figures in the mid mid to late eighties. But I remember having He Man and Skeletor and having the battle damage ones, and I remember having I for some reason I had like three cyclones. I don't know how I ended up with so many cyclones. Really? Yeah. Birthday parties, probably. I yeah, maybe. Everyone figured I didn't have a fucking He Man, so they got me a Glogdam Cyclone <laughs> and I remember when uh, when I was a kid and they went to dig up our backyard to put a pool in they actually found a Cyclone buried back there it was kind of weird I was like oh yeah who's that guy okay. nice bonus um, And I, but I, I remember a, a buddy of mine up the street had a shit ton of those things and he even had one of those like yellow power sword toys and I was so jealous of it because I always wanted one of those and it wouldn't be until like, I don't know, 30 years later that I actually got one. Oh, yeah, much like G.I. Joe, like I never owned any of the vehicles. I never had
1: Castle Skull or anything like that. Yeah. Just had some of the action figures to play with. Because Castle Greyskull was freaking rad.
2: Yeah, I've got one right now and it's almost complete. It doesn't have the decals, but it has all the props and like the gun on the top of the turret and it's pretty fucking cool.
1: Did the decals like peel off or did some jerk kid just never put them on?
2: I couldn't tell you from from uh from memory to be honest. I've got it closed up sitting on a shelf. I you know, a few years back I had a bunch of figures that I had bought off of our friend Brian and I just they'd been following me around for a while and I wasn't doing anything with them, so I sold them on eBay. Tons of like extra weapons and shit too and mini comics so i i kind of wish i hadn't done that but i mean it was a bunch of fucking like stink ores and cyclones and shit so i didn't get, get rid of any he-mans or skeletors did the stink ore still smell no not at all
1: that is that was an interesting fad of making your action figures smell like things
2: yeah to be honest i don't know if i've ever actually smelled stink or or moss man
1: Yeah, I didn't own either of those, so I can't remember if I ever did either, but I like the concept of saying, hey, here's this guy. He stinks. Like, really, he stinks.
2: Yeah, for real. Smell this guy. He looks like a skunk and he smells like one. That's awesome. So what are what's your impression of the original cartoon? Like, did you did you watch that a bunch as a kid? Yeah, I think by the time I was watching it, though, it was probably like reruns and stuff Yeah,
1: that uh, were on. But yeah, I definitely watched it when I was a kid, but not as much as I played with the toys. You know, watched the TV show, saw it, and then had my toys and played with them. And the two were loosely related.
2: Have you watched it recently?
1: I have. I watched it with, <laughs> at a couple episodes with my kids a while ago. And um, yeah, it's... You know, it doesn't quite stack up to my memory of how much I, how awesome it was.
2: Yeah, it's a little rough, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it is definitely an early 80s kids show. I remember when that whole DVD craze happened 10 or 15 years ago and everything was being released on DVD and they had these giant sets for He Man because there were shit tons of episodes. It was like, 180 or something right it, it, yeah it was absurd there was there was like 65 a year or some shit like that does not happen anymore it was daily wasn't it, when it oh was it i think it was for, for a season that would make sense in fact it may have even been more episodes in one season than that because they were doing like four disc season one part one and then there was like a season one part two Like there's shit tons out there i need to get the whole series one day but i had bought a couple of those uh season parts and I went through to watch them, and after like four or five episodes, it it ooh, it's it gets a little rough. Yeah, like I, I going back and rewatching some of them. The only thing that really
1: I kept enjoying was Skeletor. Yeah, because uh, he's the best. The eight year old in me just always smiles anytime I hear someone. Call someone else a boob. Yeah, something's magical about that.
2: the The way he insults his henchmen, and like, like I remember that that one time we were watching it, and you know, Skeletor is talking about power or something, and Beast Man's like, "One day I'll show you, you what real, real power. power is." Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of under his breath. He's like,
0: "Did you say something, Beast Man?" <laughs>
2: Like, oh. nothing skeletor <laughs> like that that type of writing just didn't happen in kids shows like like you would have the expository you know like like villain babbling on but you know having an exchange like that was so clever yeah you know, actually having some uh tension between between the bad guys yeah a little bit of dissent from yeah. the mooks but like even even though the series is tough with all of its like uh endless reused walk cycles and throwing cycles and laughs that main speech and the theme always gets me you know even even with prince adam saying like you know fabulous secret powers were revealed to me (laughs) i I remember chuckling (laughs) at that as an adult i'm like oh wow and when when he says that by the power of gray skull and then i have the power that it still gets me every time and then
1: I think my least favorite thing about the original series was Prince Adam. Yeah. He's just intolerable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They could have just, if he was just He-Man all the time, it probably would have been okay.
2: With his echoey voice. Yeah. There was a lot of echo used. And he's super tan. Man, that, that lightning tans him up. He's a bronze god of a man. So I wonder if that if that works the same as like Clark Kent with his uh, sheepish demeanor and glasses? like is that how it is with Adam? Like they're like, oh well, Adam is awfully buff and has the same haircut as he man. They're like, yeah, but he- man's not whiny and he's tan. Yeah, you can't just get rid of a tan.
1: Yeah, you just kind of don't see the buffness through the uh, dorkiness. Yeah, you know it's like uh, the uh, Billy, the Blue Ranger.
2: like like i remember thinking like he's such a nerd you look back on you like he was fucking cut oh jeez i i didn't even know that i mean they all were like 24 playing high school kids too
1: but still like you you saw through it like they put glasses and some like overalls on them and you're like yeah nerd got it
2: yeah that guy lives out in Rockland or roseville oh does he yeah he's super local neat we should get him on the show we should um But with the voice and the entertainment factor, like Skeletor, he is the shit like that really is the reason to come back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Alan Oppenheimer is the man. You were saying that he does like uh, he'll do like your voicemail and stuff at cons. If you throw him down some dough,
2: he'll call a friend and leave a voicemail or we had the idea too late. Somebody suggested to me that I go and, and I'm going to do this in the future. Next time he's at a convention I'm at, I am doing this. Uh, going and having him record a short eulogy for uh, for me to be played at my funeral. That would be awesome. That is what I want more than anything. Like even if it's just like, "Here lies John Williams. What a boob."
1: <laughs> they they should have audio tombstones soon, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure.
1: Just have like a anytime anybody walks past your tombstone, that happens.
2: But yeah, definitely. Going to happen in the future. It was at a Stockton con when I saw him a few years ago. And I was hoping he'd be there this year when we did it, but he was not. Um, so the the original series of action figures at least, I'm oh, I'm not sure about the cartoon. I imagine it's about the same, ran uh through eighty seven. And what else happened in eighty seven that was significant to Masters of the Universe? Was that the movie? It sure was.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I wasn't sure what year it came out, but that sounds about right.
2: Yes, it is right. And if it's not, email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. dot com. We need to get stuff wrong more so people email us, John.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm trying. Well, yeah, because it sounded like the sales had started to wane because they'd sold every kid in America five Masters of the Universe figures, and they yeah. didn't really necessarily need anymore. And so they're like, "What's what,
0: what do we do? Movie?
2: Yep."
1: We got good old Dolph Lundgren to play He-Man.
2: Yeah, Dolph Lundgren hot off of uh let's see, he had done Rocky 4 and one other movie. What was it? They said it in that documentary. Go watch the documentary. Yeah, it, was, it was like his
1: third movie, whatever.
2: Yeah. So they got Dolph Lundgren playing the part. Drew Goddard directed the film. I I don't think he's done much else. Um and it was Canon Films uh producing it who are responsible like uh like golan and globus like they did like uh superman 4 so you know the the caliber of of uh film production we're working with and i believe at the time they even had the rights to a spider-man film and they were hoping that this would you know blow up and give them the capital that they needed to go ahead and do spider-man that didn't work in fact i think this was the same year as uh, Superman 4 what a bad year no wonder they uh, they shuttered the company <laughs> Just a, a lot of money lost yeah uh, we had Dolph Lundgren we had Frank Langella who was uh, yeah. known for his horror work I imagine more than anything he played Dracula in a few films He's kind of a dopey looking dude. I remember years after seeing Masters of the Universe, seeing Frank Langella and being like, that's the guy that's under the makeup? Because the makeup was so fucking good. I think it was probably the
1: right decision, but it, it kind of bothered me at the time and still, well, not at the time, but like when I was aware of Masters, you know, when I watched the movie, I don't think I was that critical when I was six. <laughs> but uh, was that it didn't have skeleton teeth, but oh. it would have looked really Silly, I think, if it had, because they clearly, they really, obviously wouldn't have been teeth.
2: Yeah, yeah, and he he wouldn't like he wouldn't logically. It would bother us more now that he would be making like m sounds, even though he has no lips.
1: I mean, but that's you know that's what Skeletor had. So yeah, he had like bone lips, which were kind of weird. Yeah, (laughs) but other than that, it was uh, the the whole movie had a lot of really cool costumes and sets. I thought everybody looked pretty cool. Still, like He Man looked pretty He Manular.
2: Yeah, they they took some liberties with the costume. I mean, like I guess he would look silly running around in furry underpants and boots. Um, but seeing him with a cape was kind of weird, and like shooting a laser gun at some point. Like th- this movie borrowed a little bit more from Star Wars than I think it needed to. Like all of the all of Skeletor's henchmen looked like yeah, kind of stormtrooper esque, and the way the way they they stood and walked in you know almost like a like an SS formation or something.
1: Yeah, but like Tila looked pretty cool. Man of Arms looked pretty cool. I mean, their their color scheme was a little less vibrant, but I think that was a acceptable decision to make.
2: Yeah, I really always appreciated Man yeah. at Arms, like with his helmet, and he yeah. he still had that that little um, even though it was downsized. That sort of it almost looks like a like a chin cover or a neck cover on his armor. I don't know, but it also looks like it has little vent lines in it. So I don't know if it works as a respirator. And the movie took place primarily on earth, not Eternia. That was that I think is its biggest
1: fault. Yeah. I don't watch He-Man for Earth. I don't care about Courtney Cox's parents or her boyfriend that plays the keyboard. Yeah, yeah. I just don't care. That's not what I'm interested in. I want to see a, like, you know, a solid fight between He-Man and Skeletor for the fate of Eternia.
2: Yeah, an epic battle in a in a fictional fairy tale land. Yeah. Um so like you said I had Courtney Cox it also had the actor who one of these days I'm going to look him up because when we were talking about Top Gun I couldn't remember his name either but he played uh Detective Lubick in this and he he was the guy in Top the, the bald guy from Back to the Future who played Principal Strickland. Yeah,
1: the 80s movie authority figure guy. Yes. Yeah. He's always angry and you're always in trouble if you're talking
2: to him. Yeah, yeah, he he is I would love to just have a drink with him or something and just see that he's like the rosiest, nicest dude on earth. <laughs> or if he got like super pissed and called me a slacker and and told me to, you know, sit up straight and shit like I, I, I would also appreciate that. I'd probably do it. <laughs> yeah, totally. You'd be like, <laughs> this is so yeah, fucking cool, sir. Yeah, Strickland's <laughs> telling me to sit up straight. You know, one thing that I that I want to touch on about this movie, this is very important. Our friend Kyle would always talk about this, too, so I know he'll appreciate this. In that movie, they come back and they eat a bucket of ribs. There is a place that serves a bucket of ribs, and I can't remember if it's Teela or Man-at-Arms uses, like, the grappling hook to steal it from some people making out in a car. (laughs) Totally. And I have always, and same thing with Kyle, we've always wanted something like that to exist, a place where you could go get ribs in a bucket, like a KFC, but for ribs. It was great.
1: There's, yeah, that I would, I would totally go there. You could just call it Bucket O Ribs. If, yeah. if I was driving down the road and I saw a restaurant called Bucket O Ribs,
2: I'm there. I bet that exists in like Mississippi or something.
1: Uh, that would not surprise me.
2: <laughs> and in this movie, uh, we also got uh, Gwildor as a pores uh, as a pores to uh, as opposed to Orko. That was a, that was a mouthful. Gwildor instead of Orko. There we go. Little key key maker. Makes the cosmic key. Yeah, he's like a. He, he kind of. He's
1: like a gnome essentially. He's short. He's kind of furry, and he's he's good with mechanical things.
2: Yeah, good makeup job on him too. I think personally, that was Billy Barty playing him. I believe all of the costumes and stuff in there look pretty good. They look absolutely miserable to wear. Yeah,
1: like I can't imagine that that was pleasant getting made up to look like a uh, Gildor and having to do stuff.
2: Yeah, or like Karg. The villains in that had really good makeup. You had Beast Man, you had Karg with that weird white hair. I never understood that character.
1: Like a eighties hairband.
2: Yeah. Oh totally. But with like a gremlin face. Yeah. And uh you had Blade. He was probably the most comfortable yeah he was like just a
1: normal dude for the most part, with just a lot of blades, and yeah,
2: and an eye patch. um then we had Saurad, the reptilian guy that got killed super quick, yeah, he was cool, I liked him, yeah i I thought I thought he was a really super cool looking villain, and it's a bummer, they didn't keep him, yeah, you know, like they said in the documentary, like why did they kill him instead of someone like Karg, who was just unpleasant to look at, but not yeah. in a good way. <laughs> And then, um, did I already say Beastman? No. It was funny listening to Dolph Lundgren talk about how the actor who played Beastman would pass out like every other day from a heat exhaustion. Yeah, they
1: said they filmed the whole thing and the set had no air conditioning. It's like, man, look at what all these people are wearing. Dolph Lundgren's literally the only comfortable guy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, this cape ugh, sure does weigh me down a bit. These, these underpants are a little tight.
1: And even he looked sweaty the entire
2: time. Yeah, he's supposed to. Yeah,
1: it like <laughs> glistened through the whole movie.
2: One one thing I wanted to make sure I touched on is, is just uh like I'd seen that documentary before the Power of Greyskull one. And I love listening to Frank Langella talk about how much he loved playing Skeletor.
1: Yeah, he seemed really into it. Like he bought into the role and like really took the character seriously. And I think he he did a good job.
2: Yeah, it was really cool listening to talking about how he prepared for that role and how he wanted to go big. Because when you watch that movie after seeing that, and you watch Langella's performance as Skeletor, like he is great. He is such a a phenomenal, like big, grandiose actor, but but without taking it to super. Well, I guess it is super cheesy just by nature, but without going overboard, like it fits, and you're like, oh, this guy's fucking serious. Yeah,
1: yeah, he definitely gives him an air of danger. Yeah, that uh, the cartoon Skeletor didn't really achieve.
2: Yeah, not usually. Yeah, I think that's that's all I've got on the movie. Well, I guess there was no Prince Adam in the movie and we didn't really get the the speech, but in the end we finally got He-Man pulling his sword that out that was locked up after he'd been, you know, taken hostage and him lighting up the sword and just saying I have the power. And that that was, you know, it's a disappointment that you didn't get the whole shebang. But at least you got that in the end.
1: Well, and uh, it sounds like Mattel basically tied their hands and was like, nope, He-Man can't kill anybody. Yeah. No violence. And you're like, well, how do we, what? It's an action movie. It's got to have some violence.
2: Yeah, he deflects lasers with his sword.
1: Yeah. And I was thinking about this because Mattel has had such a, a grip on it and they've just kind of kept it. You know, it's got to be G-rated essentially, or I guess PG at best. How would you feel about like a really gritty, more Conan style He-Man? Immediately, I think,
2: like, that would be awesome. But then it's like, you know, like, would it? Do I want to see He-Man cut somebody's arm off? I don't think I would want to see severed heads. Like, like I, I wouldn't want it to be gratuitous. But would I want to see He-Man kill people? Yes. But if you took, like, the, the Christopher Nolan approach, like, he doesn't like to show a lot of blood and graphic violence, even though people are dying. You know, like, when Joker does his pencil trick with that guy, like, you don't see it. When he does the, the knife to, to Gamble's face... Uh, in dark night, you don't see the blood. You don't see him even cut him. You know, you, there's yeah. just like a music sting and and he falls over dead. I wouldn't mind stuff like that, but I wouldn't need like he Man's sword drenched in blood like that concept art. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I think I agree with that because I don't, he, it, you know, it doesn't need to be gory. Yeah. But I, I don't think he should be, if he's in a battle, people are going to fall. People are going to die.
0: Yeah. Well,
2: and and Skeletor gets hucked down a uh, giant pit at the end of the movie, but, but he'll that, be back. <laughs> yeah, well, early early post credits uh, thing. Well before Marvel ever did it, him popping up and saying "I'll be back," and it never happened.
1: I wonder if they were required to do that, be like, "Hey, He Man can't kill anybody. We got to show that Skeletor is not dead."
2: Oh, that would be interesting. That'd be stupid also.
1: Yeah, well, movie studios and uh, you know, the powers that be sometimes make stupid decisions when it's it comes true. to movies.
2: Yeah, they they actually did have a script sequel uh drafted for it that uh let's see, what was it? It ended up getting getting reused. It it got retooled and used for a different movie, and I believe it was Cyborg with uh Jean-Claude Van Damme. Really? Yeah. It was
1: originally a sequel to He Man? Yes. There was no Battlecat in the movie either, huh?
2: No, no. There's none of that. None of the cool vehicles either. Well, Skeletor did have a like a floating ship thing. Yeah, and that it, thing was pretty badass looking.
1: Well, there's they were on like those like floating platform things that were kind of like discs that like flew through the sky, and he was like shooting like you know, yeah, he was shooting lasers at the you know the discs, not the people, so they'd fall down and not die. Not to be uh, gender exclusive here, uh, we kind of skipped over Shira, which. Honestly, I don't have much to say about. It. I don't really remember watching it much.
2: Nope. I, I know I've seen the uh the special where she appeared, and I have the Christmas special, but I was waiting until Christmas to watch it.
1: Yeah, and so like I I never really watched that as a kid. I didn't really like in the in the documentary when they showed even the uh the Tila action figure. Like I was like, wow, that doesn't even look familiar.
2: Oh uh, I wow! I definitely
1: never owned that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, both Tila and Evil Lynn... They, they, it was weird. They didn't, they didn't seem to fit, but I mean, you couldn't like make them all muscly and shit, but. Oh yeah. They'd look, yeah. It'd look ridiculous. It, it just, it just sort of looked like something that somebody threw together to have a female there. I don't know. I, I saw a couple episodes of the new she
1: and it was, it, it's kind of like Steven Universe looking.
2: Yeah. I think it's the those people that, that are doing it.
1: Which I'm not a huge fan of, but, uh, oh, it looked okay. But, you know, I watched a couple episodes. It seemed fine, but I didn't. uh, It did not rise to the occasion of me actually continuing to watch it because very few things do these days.
2: Yeah, I've tried to get the kid into it, but she doesn't seem to have any interest in it. Yeah, my daughter didn't give a shit either. (laughs) I was like, come on, it's She-Ra. It's cool. Like, it's He-Man universe. So I'm like, okay, you know, let's let's get her into this. I did show the kids some original He-Man stuff and she was liking it. Um but hey, you know, it's tough for me. I'd rather just put on Batman the Animated Series for it. I'll enjoy that more too.
1: Uh what did you think about the new adventures of He
2: Man? Oh shit. So that's that's lasery looking sword, He Man in Space, Green Sword, Ponytail. Yep. That's pants. the one. He
1: goes into the future and it's clearly the same planet, but they call it something else. Like it's so far in the future they forgot it was Eternia. Oh weird. But they call it uh Primus now.
2: Yeah, because in his speech now, doesn't he say, like, by the power of Eternia instead of Skull? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I thought he said, like, by the power of Eternia, I am He-Man or some shit.
1: Yeah, weird. Yeah, it was cause weird because it was, like, on the planet Primus. And I'm like, okay, somehow he goes out into space. But then they build a time machine to go back and get him. And like it, like it shows like you know it's it's in a, it's in a spot and then it you know goes back in time and it's in like the same spot but it's different like the guys are like whoa it didn't work we're in the same place and then they get out and it's the past
2: oh weird so I haven't seen that show in a very very long time so when when they first run into him is he like wearing his old He-Man getup no no not at oh, all Oh, bummer
1: like everyone looks exactly like they do it's weird uh, Skeletor ended up looking slightly different later on in the series but he looks totally different than he did. In the original series, yeah, he's got as eyeballs. Of episode one, yeah, and he's got like a green face and like a
2: helmet. Yeah, more more Darth Vadery. He's got a cape and like some some weird armor.
1: Yeah, and his voice is totally different. But uh, I, I think I still like the what they did with his character. Like the uh, in the first episode, they kind of said like he's like walking out of his thing, and he says something about breathing, and then he like looks at his guard, and he's like, "Did I tell you you could breathe? <laughs> Stop breathing!" And the guy's like. <gasps> like holds his breath and he like looks at him for a minute and and like says a couple other things and he's like all right
2: you you, you can breathe again <laughs> it's just
1: like, ah, good. He's, still Skeletor. yeah he's totally still Skeletor. like they so they did that pretty well
2: yeah like more than anything with that series i remember it happening and then i remember going to toys r us and seeing the action figures there and being like wait what the fuck like they were scaled down they weren't bulky like like the old yeah. ones and the you know the the logo and the branding was all different. It was it was just kind of bizarre. It didn't feel like He-Man to me.
1: No, it did not. And and the characters, I don't know, I just didn't like the character design that much either, but maybe it's just because I was used to the one thing that I was used to, and this
2: was different, and I don't like change. Fuck change. Um, was there a Prince Adam in this? Or did they do away with that? Was he just always He-Man? No, he, he, you know,
1: he was, he wasn't really, he did transform still, but it like, you know, there was nothing for him to be Prince of anymore. Oh yeah. He was like the, you know, the chosen one, the good guy with the magic or whatever they called him.
0: Oh,
2: weird.
1: The sci-fi element. And it was kind of weird. Like they were on a, like they were on the planet and they had like a shield that was maintained by like a, like a bunch of elders that were like trapped in crystals that like made (laughs) all the decisions. I was just
2: going to say like, what were they? Like power crystals? pretty
1: much (laughs) and they had the mutants that were trying to break in and destroy them for reasons
2: that was also an issue i had with the series was that all of his comrades in that one just they looked like some knockoff gi joe's i mean the animation was kind of gi joey anyway yeah but i didn't have any sort of attachment to the other characters like if there was i mean i guess if they're pulling them from the past it has to be all new characters but I don't know. I I missed man at arms. I missed all the all the familiarities. Well,
1: yeah, and the only two characters you had any sort of relationship with uh looked and sounded completely different. Yeah. So, it was it was a tough sell and uh I don't think it sold well. No, it did not sell well <laughs> at all. It uh did not last very long. And then uh that was that was kind of the beginning of the drought, the great He-Man drought of the early 90s. Yeah, was was that early
2: 90s? I was going to ask about
1: that. I did, think it came out in 90 and I it, I don't
2: know if it ran for more than one season. Yeah, we certainly, uh, after that, we didn't hear anything for a good decade. Yeah, it was quite a while. Now, is that where we pause for a break? I think so. All right, let's do it.
0: Too bad. We'll be double double, double, double for, for He-Man. Man. He-Man. I'll get him. No, he's mine. Too bad. Skeletor and He-Man figures each sold separately. Too bad. Well, wow, well, an <gasps> evil warrior. Two warriors. Name's Too Bad. Too bad for you. Oh yeah. Who wants me first? You get him. No, I'm getting out of here. Too bad. New from the Masters of the Universe collection. Other action figures each sold separately from Mattel.
2: Yo, welcome back. Hey, hey. hey. Um, so we left off at the. Uh, the at the. The, the drought. Fr- the first death of He-Man yeah. as a franchise. Yeah. So, in a world of, like we were talking about before, Ninja Turtles and Powers Rangers and Pokemon, I guess, coming, at, coming in there too, He-Man. Ninja Turtles really stepped in to fill the gap. Yeah, in a big way. Hugely. They
1: said, hey, look at those coattails. Let's ride the fuck out of them.
2: Yeah. Animated series, action figures, movies. Sold. Yeah. They just did it a little better. Well, I don't know. Well, they did it at least as good and then did it better later on because He-Man in its heyday was fucking huge. Oh, man. Yeah. Like it probably still holds records.
1: And so uh, Turtles was huge too. And then it kind of went down, but it didn't disappear quite as thoroughly
2: as He-Man did, I don't think. Yeah, so enter the early 2000s. Um, you know, from that documentary, I didn't realize that the, uh, the Four Horsemen action figure line came before the, uh, the 2002 animated series. Yeah, neither did I. I thought the, the figures came from that show line. Even though they looked considerably different. Yeah, I mean, they were similar in like He-Man's, uh, He-Man's new symbol, which was more of an H and less of an iron cross. And Skeletor's new kind of armored look. He had more of like spiky shin guards and shit. And yeah. They were, they were, they were more lean, still cut as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't pick a fight with them. Yeah. He Man didn't have a bowl cut anymore. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. But I, I loved the, those figures. They were so gritty. You know, they, they were just, they were down and dirty and, and sharp and fucking harsh kind of.
1: Yeah, they looked uh, battle-hardened, and and the detail was great. Like, it had a lot lot more detail than the original action figures, that's for sure. Yeah. The the only thing I didn't like about them was their posture. (laughs) They they all had this weird hunchback thing going on.
2: Yeah. Come on, guys, stand up straight he-man and the masters of scoliosis
1: yeah it's like well,
2: what is going on with these guys it looks really cool for skeletor but it looks weird for the heroes in my opinion
1: yeah yeah, yeah. the bad guys can be like beast man of course he's gonna be he's, he's already got a hunchback yeah like, that makes sense but he-man he should have you know good posture at least you know
2: it's it's all it's like they're all in the middle of like some weird dance move they're just sort of leaning back
1: yeah yeah really like like, skeletors like he stands there and like he's like from his hips his back goes way back and then back forward to his head that's about over his hips
2: i'm guessing after all of the the editing and processing and stuff listeners won't hear that but i could tell not being not being able to see you because we don't see each other in here just a little little glimpse into there i could tell you actually did lean back i could hear the volume change in your mic (laughs) totally did it was great you were doing the thing um so the 2002 series in in my opinion, that is the best He Man hands down. Like they took, oh yeah, they, they they took the original series and brought it into into modern times. Like not modern modern times in the series, but you know, modern animation. Yes, like they didn't look at what He Man was as an embarrassment or or something that needed fixing. You know, for the most part, it was the original cast and story. His speech was back. His full uh, by the power of Gray Skull, I have the power.
1: I like how the voice actor guy had fully distinct voices for Adam and he man,
2: yeah, you had a little kid, Adam or a teenager, I guess I always thought his his he man voice was kind of cheese ball, but so was the old one, just just in a different way. yeah,
1: he man's voice is kind of cheese ball, yeah,
2: so um you know the the animation was a bit more japanese influenced you know they they had a lot of like jumping up in the air with those like flashing lines behind stuff. them, yeah. yeah. But but the character designs were so fucking cool. Like they they were bulky, but they still looked like heroic proportions. Well, and and they were all pretty faithful to
1: the original designs. Yeah, yeah. Like they all looked like they were all instantly recognizable as the characters they were. Yes. Whereas it like if you saw Skeletor from the freaking New Adventures of He-Man, you would be you know you wouldn't be certain whether or not that was actually Skeletor. This guy, definitely Skeletor. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like there was no doubt at all and he looked badass and the fight scenes were really good so good they were very well done and i like how they kind of mixed or you know a lot of different origin stories into it like that they had that whole arc about skeletor's origin that was pretty
2: cool yeah he he was he was a blue skinned human named keldor yeah i I think he may have been randor's brother unless that was unless that was in the comics later on except
1: he had blue skin for some reason yes yeah, and then he gets his face gets all mangled and he's dying and they basically oh, makes some sort of prayer or
2: something to, um, mm-hmm. fuck, what's his name? To fuck, what's his name? I don't know if they put that <laughs> in the, uh, in the series,
1: uh, the, the bad guy from She-Ra Oh, uh, Hordak. Hordak. Yeah. Yeah. He like makes a prayer to Hordak, which I, I don't know. I can't remember. Was he like some sort of God or something?
2: I don't on, know. On,
1: uh, in the new series, but yeah, he makes like a prayer to him and, and then he turns him into Skeletor.
2: Oh, cool. I didn't, I, you know, I guess I didn't watch the
1: whole series. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It was a solid origin for Skeletor. And then he comes back and starts kicking some ass. And, and I like how he had, you know, he had the swords at that
2: point. Like he had the, the sword of power?
1: Yeah. Oh, cool. And he'd like split them, split him in half and fight with them two weapon style and shit. It was cool.
2: Oh, so that's what, yeah, cause his figure does that for sure. He's got, he's got two swords, but it looks different than He Man's sword of power. I wonder how they, how they worked that out. I don't know. In the
1: origin thing, like, it, it Because I just rewatched like the, like a little cut of the origin thing. Yeah on youtube and uh, it looked like the sort of power
2: well the the design looks more like the original sort of power how yeah. it's got like the little curvy things on the side but he Man's sword in the new series like this is actually something i wanted to bring up i don't care for the design like that's one thing i didn't dig on they they redesigned the uh the hilt to it and it did like some weird like unlocking mechanism thing and i i wasn't a big fan of it skeletor still had his two swords and when at least with the figure one was purple and one was gold yeah and it, and it looked like the uh like the old one or more like the old one. But yeah, He-Man had some some weird spikety sword hmm. Fuck that sword. Now and and you know, going into weapons shops and shit throughout my life, I've always wanted to see a metal He-Man sword. Yeah, you've got like a foam one or something, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I've I've got two of them. One of them I want to paint purple so it could be a Skeletor sword.
1: Yeah, cuz it looks like I mean it it looks like a giant version of the one that came with the
2: toy. Oh, it, it is it is awesome. amazing. And that's that's the one I alluded to earlier, not getting for you know thirty years. And I remember a few years back, I was going to get one, and my girlfriend at the time like shamed me out of getting it. Oh, good thing you dumped <laughs> that broad like a bag of moldy tangerines. Yeah, <laughs> Um, yeah. And then the next year, I bought one, and then I bought another one the next year. So me and the kid like to play with them. But I was at a uh, I was at a weapons shop in Long Beach, and they had the uh, He Man sword, but in the style of the new one. And it pissed me off because it, it was like, it was so close. Like somebody was thinking about it, but they fabricated the new asshole spikety He Man sword instead of the classic one.
1: Oh, like fully out of metal and everything?
2: Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, nice. I lifted it up. It was still kind of cool, but I wasn't going to buy it. You just need to learn how to work metal, John, and make one yourself. Yeah, I always had the idea of trying to carve one out of a big piece of wood. Yeah. Yeah, you could probably do that. Yeah, but. I've got the foam ones now. I'm I am perfectly satisfied with that. Um, Yeah. And, you know, for for years, we had talked about all doing um 80s cartoon villains uh, costumes for Halloween. Yeah. You did it as we, we spoke of in the past about you did your your shredder costume. I always wanted to be Skeletor. I had started one a couple of times, but they, like one thing that I loved about the design of the 2002 one were those fucking spiky shin guards like those things were badass and i remember a couple times going and buying uh like catcher's knee and shin guards and just with the intention of painting them purple and adding spikes to them like that was the coolest fucking thing like like the coolest addition they could they could add to a skeletor costume because the rest was pretty much the same those leather straps and the 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 bone cross yeah Yeah. or the bone x i guess and then he had like the cowl and the hood yeah yeah, it would have been fun doing doing a uh, skeleton makeup job too, like Langella. I think that would that would be my go to choice for uh, for design.
1: I mean, and you could almost just go get like a skeleton, like you know, any rubber skeleton. They have those articulating skeleton masks, you know, where it's got the chins separate, so you can open your mouth. Oh for yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just paint your face black underneath it, and you know, make the face yellow. And you got the cowl to kind of cover the or the hood to cover the back of your head.
2: Yeah, I mean, at this point. The The back of my head more or less looks like a, <laughs> a hairless skull anyway, but wah-wah. Oh, that series was great. Ran for a few years. Uh, did a really good job mixing the, the fantasy element with sci-fi. You know, that was one thing that was always really cool about He-Man is that it was, you know, sword and sorcery, but then they also had, you know, hover bikes and shit.
1: Laser guns and flying cars and yeah. spaceships and shit. Except I don't know if they actually went to space, but they definitely had lots of hovering, they, floating things.
2: I feel like in something they did, but wow, that is way too vague. So I'll go ahead and leave that one behind.
1: But yeah, no, I, I agree. I like the sci-fi fantasy meld there. I think it's a really cool space that is underpopulated.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I listen to this uh, to this show on a near daily basis. It's a uh, collider live on YouTube and, and they've got a podcast. And years ago, um, when the, the main host of Collider Live, Christian Harloff was working at uh, silver pictures, they had, um, they had masters of the universe and he and his buddy Mark Riley, who's also on the show did a treatment and that's always been their pitch. In fact, he, he goes on about it ad nauseum. Every time a report comes up about something masters of the universe related, you're like, oh well, we got a pitch, but their whole concept is Lord of the Rings meets star Wars and i think that is totally perfect.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a super cool spot cuz it's like so if you imagined a, a setting like Lord of the Rings where it is fantasy sword and sorcery type stuff and time goes on and technology gets developed, they're not going to stop using magic? No. Like you have this ancient artifact sword that gives you amazing superhuman powers. You're still going to use the shit out of that sword even if you've got like blaster pistols and shit. Yeah. So, it's going to be, like, the two together is a natural fit. They're not like, they don't oppose each other.
2: Yeah, because, you know, along along with having, like, laser guns, you also would have energy shields. So, there could still be, like, a big battle, you know, where people are shooting laser guns. But once you get up close, those laser guns ain't going to do shit. So, you've got swords.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And especially in a world of magic where, you know, that stuff still has value. It's not like it's completely outclassed.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've I read I I've, I've read like the first half of the treatment because it, it goes into it goes into some detail and it's pretty fucking good. Huh. Awesome. Yeah. A little while ago, um David Goyer was attached to the project, which didn't have me super stoked, but I mean he's the he's the guy who was co writer of like the Nolan Batman movies and Man of Steel. Um okay. he did unfortunately direct uh Blade Trinity. So I I don't know if I trust him. They can't all be winners. Yeah. But he uh, he was going to write and direct it, and apparently he spoke to Christian Harloff after he had gotten off the picture, and uh, and he told him, you know, that was exactly his idea: Lord of the Rings meets Star Wars. But apparently the studio didn't want to put up the money to to make it. You know, they don't want to put two hundred million into that because they're they're afraid that it won't make you know Avengers money, which which Fuck, is absurd man. that that's the standard. Yeah, Jesus. But at the same time, I mean, you don't need 200 million to make a good Masters of the Universe movie. You know, you just need you need star power on Skeletor and you just need I mean, keep it practical for the for the most part. You know, like don't waste your money on making giant CGI uh, creatures that people ride on or something, you know, like yeah, you just don't you don't need that. Yeah. Economize where you can. It, it's not that expensive to build a hoverbike prop and blue screen it. Or green screen, I guess. And I think,
1: I think the core demographic would probably still appreciate it. Yeah. You know, as long as it didn't look really bad. And if it was going to look kind of bad, make it look really bad. Like, <laughs> like, like lean into it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so, you're like, so it you like, you remember really Flash deliberate. Gordon from 1980? Yeah, exactly. Here's some, we'll call it nostalgia. That's the reason why Eberron is my favorite D&D campaign setting. Is because it is like that's, you know, magic, sword, and sorcery, and technology kind of mixed. Yeah. Where they've got, you know, lightning rail trains and airships and like I'm running a campaign in Eberron right now. And uh, one of the cool things they have is a, uh, a enchanted prestidigitation toilet because prestidigitation allows you to soil or clean a, a, you know, cubic foot of stuff. You know, it's so like if you're dirty, you could just make yourself clean or you can make food taste better and shit. So there's just enchanted toilets. So you just shit <laughs> into it and boom, it's gone.
2: And your, your ass is magically cleaned. I would totally have one of those. Yeah. You could do the same thing with with like your trash can.
1: Yeah. In in a world where people are still shitting in pits in the ground, they also have prestidigitation toilets. (laughs)
2: Um, So another thing that that has popped up since then, because after that series ended, we have not had another animated series uh, since. But in the meantime, we got new toys.
1: Yeah, they came out with that, like, classic line where their knees and elbows bend.
2: Yeah, they they are closer to the original sculpt, at least in um, the heart of them. You know, they feel like the old ones. And, like, the head sculpts are, are fairly similar as well. But, man, those uh that, that Masters of the Universe Classics line, they called it by Mattel, is fucking rad. But they are so fucking expensive. Really? How much are they? I'm, I don't own any, so... Dude, if I want a He-Man, I got to be ready to shell out like 70 bucks.
1: Oh, damn. I mean, is that how much they were retail or they just all get scooped up and now it's resellers?
2: Yeah, scooped up, it, you know, because it's for the collector's market. It's for the adults. So they never showed up in uh, in retail stores. So, you know, I, when, when a figure is new or like some of the less popular figures, you can find them for like 25 bucks, but it's it's insane. The second they drop... You know, even when they when they make a new one, just all of a sudden, fucking He Man is way too expensive. I don't have a He Man from that line. I've got a He Man from every other line, well, except the the New Adventures. I had to sort of finagle a Skeletor um, because I, again, I wasn't going to pay 80, 100 bucks for a Skeletor figure, but they had this um this Comic Con exclusive thing, um, which was Molar, the Eternian dentist. What? Yep. And uh he's got a lab coat and little little pliers with a tooth and shit. And then it, he there's, there's like a a cardboard chair, you know, there's like a little diorama and Skeletor is in the chair and he's missing a tooth. So, that is the Skeletor that I have. It's a it's uh Skeletor is missing one of his front teeth.
1: Is that the only difference in the action figure?
2: Yes. He even he even had his staff and his sword.
1: Oh yeah, he's not going to go to the dentist without those.
2: Yeah. So, and for a while I was, I was, uh, making my other figures match him by like blacking out one of their teeth. But I gave up on that just in, just in case you never know how it'll, how it'll kill resale value, even though I'm not much of a reseller, but yeah, man, those masters of the universe classics figures are bitching. I don't use that term often.
1: Did you ever see the picture of the new ones of the new Skeletor
2: Uh, That, that they're coming out with? Is it the, like the giant one?
1: No, it's regular sized. It's like class, you know. It's like the, uh, you know, they're kind of reissuing another classic line. So wonder you saw it the last Comic Con where he had the yellow booties. Oh, except there's a Skeletor in that line too.
2: Uh, I don't know if I did. Another one I have seen. I saw it uh, at Silicon Valley last week. I finally saw it in person. So uh, Super Seven got the the license to the original molds and. So they're, they're reissuing the original ones exactly as they were. No, no extra oh, cool. articulation or anything. Except when I was looking at the pictures, fucking Skeletor is like some weird neon blue. Why, why would you go through all the trouble of getting the original molds and then paint them a different color? Dude, so strange. And I was like, okay, maybe they're just shitty pictures. No, finally saw one in person. I, I, I surprised even myself that I just put it back on the rack. Like, I have no interest in this ugly shit neon Skeletor. The bummer but yeah no i i haven't i don't have uh the the multi-articulation one here let me show you a picture of it okay ben's coming over here he's opening my door oh shit yeah looks pretty good it it almost has more of like a like a aqua blue color too like he, he usually had a very mellow blue more on the cool side like this is more of a warm blue it's really bizarre to me yeah i'd buy that but I'm sure when that one comes out, it's going to be fucking $80 also.
1: But you just got to try and get it uh, direct from Mattel before resellers get their grubby filthy palms on it.
2: Yeah, I guess the second I can pre-order it, I should.
1: Though it wouldn't surprise me if they're still charging like 40 bucks for them
2: out the yeah. door. Yeah, there's, this, there's this, uh, this one figure. It's like one sixth scale and it's fucking gnarly the the detail on it is spectacular you know it's it's just a a more realistic looking skeletor and um fuck it's going for like i can't remember if it's it's either like 80 or like 180 but it's a giant figure with super articulation like i uh, i may have to put the money down for that
1: what do you mean by suit like it's wrists and shit too yeah
2: yeah. Ooh, does it, the fingers move? I don't know about fingers, but but it is almost like the like the Hot Toys equivalent of of Masters of the Universe. Cool. Yeah, like it's. Uh, I'll I'll shoot you a link. It's and th- they've got one for He Man too, and his is just as fucking badass. Um. So I guess I just want to touch really quick, coming out of figures on my love for Skeletor. Oh, Do you yeah. know about
1: this? I I've been to your house. <laughs> I've seen your bookshelf o skeletor
2: yeah it's my shrine i've got fucking action figures from every series including a, a a giant version of the original skeletor i've got pops i've got a thermos i've got paper dolls i have animation cells fan art i'll, I'll even buy skeletor fan art and put it on my wall um, i've got a piggy bank that kyle got for me uh, erasers cake toppers like enamel pins i'm not this huge of a geek about anything else but if it's Skeletor, I am fucking all over it. So, dear listeners, if you have any uh, any cool Skeletor shit that you know of, send us some pictures or send me a link. Maybe I will want to buy one. Um, if you create something with Skeletor on it, shit, let me know. Yeah,
1: let us see it. Post yeah. that shit on Instagram or Twitter. <laughs> John loves him some Skeletor.
2: It's true. Oh, geez. Was that a Gwildor right there? Yep, yeah. Skeletor.
0: Skeletor.
2: <laughs> so... Ben, would you like to hear a a, a ranking list? Oh, you know, I've been waiting forever to hear you say that. I know. Yeah. Hugest fan of this. At least like an hour. Yeah. So I've got my top five favorite uh, Skeletor lines. I'm going to read them as Skeletor listeners. If you were annoyed by our intro where I did a Skeletor voice, I am sorry. Um, Skip ahead 30 seconds or so.
1: I'm not. This is, This should actually be an interesting list.
2: <laughs> love me some Skeletor quotes. All right. This uh, this first one I liked because it is so unSkeletor, in my opinion. He uh, he says to Beast Man,
0: "Of course, you worthless hunk of fur. Books are the real treasures of the world." <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh. I love that he's talking about books. He's he's not an uncouth
1: monster. He's no. a, he's
2: a well educated skeleton man and uh next up is much more skeletor but i i was like oh this is so fucking perfect he goes
0: never mind what i said just do what i said
2: (laughs) (laughs) there's somebody who's oh well you said to do this yeah yeah now this this one was great i love this one so much when asked uh by this lizard man why he can't join his gang he says
0: because you're a wimp scientist and you could be a wimp villain (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh uh, he's, he's such a nice guy
0: i i guess
2: i should have put some honorable mentions in there because there's a lot of alliteration and a lot of uh like threatening to cover his throne in his fur or like
0: i should make a rug out
2: of you sort of thing <laughs> beast man usually <laughs> or a lot of uh, a lot of metal mouth or like empty metal head uh trap jaw insults um and then this one is just the super classic but it's taken my number two
0: slot Skeletor to King Randor Skeletor to King Randor come in you royal boob
2: <laughs> I still remember the first time I heard that quote and and like I didn't remember it I didn't remember him calling people boobs from from when I was a kid so I was probably you know 20 or so and then hearing Skeletor actually say like Randor you royal boob it's like ah. And my number one spot comes from nothing anyone else has ever heard, because it was when I met Alan Oppenheimer that we uh, we spoke about earlier. There were various tiers like, like you could you could pay thirty five bucks to get that uh, that voicemail greeting that we were talking about, or you could pay thirty five bucks to get an autographed picture and, and talk to him for a little bit. I can't remember if this was included in the price or if I just asked him it might have been included in the price. I would make more sense because I don't think I would just go, oh, yeah, uh, I'll pay for a picture and an autograph, even though I was kind of starstruck. It was it was fucking Alan Oppenheimer. And, I, you know, as we established, I love Skeletor. So I asked him to insult me as Skeletor. So uh, so he thought about it for a second and he just looked at me and sa- said, like,
0: what are you doing here, John? Haven't you got a better life?
2: <laughs> and that was a that was a big moment for me. I should have recorded it. I uh, you know well that that would have that would have meant the uh the other 35 bucks. So that was when I met him and then I I went down to my friend's table. I was like, "Yeah, this is what happened." That's when somebody had the idea for the eulogy and I ran back up there but he was gone. Oh. Yeah. So those are my those are my Skeletor lines. Yeah, I yeah.
1: got I, I Skeletor is uh my notification for when you text me oh what does he say uh well i I, i've switched between two of them this is the one that uh i used to use
0: (laughs) if they touch you it's going to be most unpleasant
2: (laughs) do you say if if he if they touch you if if i touch you it's going to be most unpleasant (laughs) oh that one sounds pretty
1: good Uh, and the one i'm using right now is this one (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I, I didn't even know you used Skeletor noises for me. I'm, I'm never around when, I, yeah. when you're getting called by me. That would make sense. <laughs> oh, man. I've also got one of his laugh, but I've never used it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's and like th- there's been a huge resurgence of, of Skeletor love on T-shirts and memes and shit, but it's always just the like, Meah! but I don't I don't really remember him doing that often and I don't hear it often.
1: Yeah, I- his little one liners and insults are the thing I love most about Skeletor. Yeah, that's the shit. He's just pompous and, you know, degrading and kind of goofy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, I, jeez, I remember again going back to when they, uh, when they started to release him on DVD. And uh, I was watching it in in your parents' garage. It was it was at that era with uh, with our buddy Kyle. And Skeletor's got like this. I don't know if it was like that that Dragon Pearl one or something, but he's like giant and he's holding this thing in his hand oh, yeah. that's uh, that's making him giant and powerful. And something catches his attention. He does like a double take and looks off to the side, like huh, and just drops it out of his hand and then shrinks <laughs> down. Yeah, I remember that. Like what the fuck, Skeletor? Come on.
1: <laughs> uh, and I know there was a lot of cartoon villains before him, um, at least in like uh, Hanna Barbera stuff that were kind of the you know like uh, what was his sn- Snidely Dastardly? McLash? Oh, is that his name? I don't know the uh, the the you know the villain with the little giggling laughing dog.
2: Yeah, that was uh, Dastardly, Dastardly and Muttley.
1: Yeah. Who's Snidely Whiplash? Then That's I don't
2: know, one. but that reminded me of another honorable mention when I was doing some research. Where where a quick little one with Skeletor is like,
0: "We should call you Wimplash. <laughs> but I,
2: I didn't want two wimps on there.
1: But yeah, like the you know the long tradition of the uh, bumbling villain. Yeah, Skeletor definitely cemented that into like our childhood era because I think like Cobra Commander got a lot of his wussy bumbling over. Confident in himself, ways from Skeletor.
2: Yeah, and Shredder kind of carried it on too. But they transferred a lot of that to Bebop and Rocksteady.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. The the incompetent boob of a villain needs to have <laughs> much more incompetent boobs around him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. People he can talk shit to. So one thing we haven't touched on, we decided to do Masters of the Universe before we got this beep 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 breaking news. Yeah. That. Kevin Smith is going to be doing a uh, a Netflix exclusive anime, Masters of the Universe Revelations.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to be revealed, but something.
2: Yeah, I was reading a synopsis about it, and apparently, it is uh, it's picking up where the original series left off. So. I'm not as well versed in the original series as far as like canon and where the loose threads were at the very end of the series. But that that was sort of how he was describing it, that, you know, if, if for anyone who wanted to know what ended up happening to all these characters, this is where you're going to find out. Well,
1: I'm kind of curious because I don't I mean, I like I said, I haven't gone back and watched a whole bunch of them in order. But was there like a big through line or? overarching plot in the old ones not it as far like it was as i know more individual hijinks of oh what's skeletor up to now yeah yeah and like, then they brought the like the snake or lizard people into it near the end Uh uh-huh. um, but i don't remember like a lot of multi-episode plots
2: yeah no it was just it was start the episode conflict return to the status quo yeah like, you could probably watch the series in any order except when you know when Shira and hordak and and uh, and the lizard men or snake men, maybe. yeah, snake men, I think when when they all started to show up, I guess that changed things a bit. But I don't think any any one episode from the first season affected any other episode,
1: yeah, I'm sure there's a couple exceptions in there. But so so when he says he's picking up where they left off, I'm not really sure what that means,
2: you know, i I have a feeling he knows what that means if he's going to make a statement like that then there must be something that we don't know about like we should just go and watch like the last three episodes of masters of the universe just to try to understand but apparently it's the people who did the castlevania yeah anime series which
1: i really liked their animation i thought that was really good and i liked the uh the tone of that as well so um it's probably going to be a slightly different tone for masters of the universe but yeah i i've got high hopes for it i think it,
2: it should be cool I'm so super curious because they only released a uh, poster that's got like gray skull and it's got the sword kind of in like a legend of Zelda sticking in the ground thing in the middle of the, the mouth. But I want to see character designs. I imagine they're going to stay at least reasonably faithful if they're taken off of there. But I I really want to see what this thing looks like because going full anime scares me a little bit, frankly. But well, even Castlevania is not like full anime. Really? I mean, it's
1: it's kind of anime-esque, but it's not like the... uh. It's not manga anime, where you know they've they've all got big giant eyes, and when they get embarrassed, like you know their faces turn weird. And oh, stuff. it's
2: not like goofy anime. Yeah, yeah,
1: no. like anime anime. It's it's more like you know it's a more you know grounded.
2: Yeah, more Guyver, less Pokemon. Yeah.
1: So I so I don't know. I I think it should be cool I've, I've got high hopes unfortunately it's animated and it's netflix and they just announced it and they're writing it right now which means we're not going to see it for like four years <laughs> oh fuck yeah it's going to be a while so let's see maybe who knows maybe we'll get an actual he-man movie in between now and then yeah <laughs> and i'm curious if mattel's going to loosen up the reins on their control of you know violence and image there since I think at this point, probably the fan base is mostly adults, to be honest.
2: Yeah. And I don't think they're going to pull a Ninja Turtles and, you know, release a new different series every, you know, six or seven years and get a new group of young fans. Like, I don't think Masses of the Universe is that property.
1: Yeah. And so I'm curious if if Mattel's going to let them go a little bit grittier and a little bit more, um, not necessarily violent, but you know, where... You know, the fights maybe have some weight and consequence. Yeah. So I'm curious where that goes and how much control Mattel is actually going to give up.
2: I want to see blood. Like,
1: I wouldn't mind. Like, like are they going to make Skeletor properly evil? Like, is he going to be, like, burning down a village? Oh, shit. Or something like that, you know, do, other than just, you know, his silly hijinks. Yeah. Or is he going to go full retro camp? And uh, I don't know. Either one could be good. They'd be very different products, but I could probably get into either one.
2: Yeah, I concur. Fuck yeah.
1: The, the one thing that he's going to have a tough time with that kind of leads into my, uh, my one word review. Oh, nice segue. Is uh, balancing expectations hmm. on this with reality. Because uh, so, so my one word review that I decided to use is headcanon. Because as we mentioned, the original series is not super amazing. Yeah. Like it leaves a little bit to be desired, but I loved it as a kid and I think a lot of that was due to the stuff that I made up in my brain playing with the toys. And so like you've got all these you got a lot of fans that like love He-Man and they and that and they want it to be faithful to the original but not suck. Yeah. And those two things are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Like the original was not super amazing. I like I want it to be faithful to the original while also being different from the original in such a way that it's awesome yeah and that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people
2: well yeah look at star wars to for for the uh the perils of of expectations
1: yeah and and, there, and you're starting with a set of movies there that was actually pretty good to start with so imagine if like everybody loves star wars but it was all based on the christmas special and it's like i don't know i like to uh, i like luke when he wore sneakers <laughs> But yeah, so uh Master's of the Universe like what I think of when I think of Great Masters of the Universe is is going to be partially unique to me. Yeah. Because of what I built in my brain as a child while playing with the figures that uh Kevin Smith is not privy to. And uh so he's got a it's a tough road to hoe, I think, making yeah. a, making a good series especially when he's tying it so directly to the original.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I think I think that's probably making his job a little bit harder, but uh Oh, he seems to know what he's doing. Uh, He's pretty good at it. So I know he has a respect for the property.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's got a respect and a love. And I'm hoping that it that it does sort of the same thing that uh, that the 2002 series did where, you know, they they respected the material and they just they just made something more contemporary, but still feeling like the original. Like, I, I have a hard time thinking of anybody who loved the original series, I mean, well I mean I'm sure it happened, but didn't like the 2002 or that thought it was unfaithful or something. Unless, unless you were just pissed about the changing of the sword and Tila's outfit or something. But it you know, it it kept what you loved and and dumped some of the cheese.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to him putting tongue in cheek PSAs at the end. <laughs>
2: oh boy. I've been struggling a whole lot to come up with a a one word review, you know, cause like something like power is a little on the nose and it's hard to, to make fit, you know, the, the, the exact feelings and narratives. But I think I'm going to try something along the lines of like evergreen or like everlasting, you know, cause for me, the love of masters of the universe, especially, uh, Skeletor, it, it does not go away. And it's, but it's something that is not always, Directly in my life, you know, like with with something like Superman, you know, which which is probably probably damn close to. I mean, Superman's my favorite character of all time. I've said before, so he's definitely
1: your number one man crush.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, Skeletor is right there next. Like, I've got more Skeletor stuff than I do Superman, unless you're counting individual comic books. But that's just the thing with somebody like Superman. There's always new superman stuff coming into my life so that keeps it there but with skeletor and with masters of the universe like there will be there will be times where there's no new series there's you know i haven't really read the comic books oh we didn't touch on the comic books but i don't have much to say because they're usually not great
1: i don't know if i've read i don't think i've read any of them so
2: yeah um i know they did they they did superman versus he-man yeah, and DC Comics Presents. Yeah, but no Superman versus Skeletor. Nope. Well, Skeletor's in there, of course. I think he's brainwashing Superman or something. I don't know. I read the book separate because the, the copy I have is Slabbed. Uh, a friend of mine who is connected to uh, to a comic chain hooked me up with it.
1: What does Slabbed mean? Is that some comic book lingo?
2: Oh, it's, um, it's like graded and in one of those plastic slabs. Oh, weird. Yeah, people send them in and get them graded, so... Like, if, if you have a copy of Action Comics number 1, you know, just loose, and then you have a copy of Action Comics number 1 that's graded at, like, 8.9, the one that is graded is going to be worth so much more.
1: Oh, So, would you actually, like, take it out of the plastic and read it, then?
2: No, no, no. I, I read it digitally. But, yeah, uh, you know, with, without the constant influx of Masters of the Universe in my life, I still love it to death. Even the 87 movie, it is it's awful. It is not a good movie. <laughs> but I <laughs> love it. I watched it uh I think I was saying like a couple months ago as I was working. I can just put it on and and you know, it's one of those movies that I've seen enough times to where I can I can just listen to it and I know exactly what's going on. Oh jeez, that fucking poster that Drew, Drew Struzan did. Man, like that that ah yeah, I don't know. I love it. I love Masters of the Universe. I probably won't spend much time watching the original series but that that 2002 series just fucking does it it's one of the best ones
1: so john i take i take it the 2002 series is your favorite use in pop culture also huh
2: yes what is uh what is your favorite use in pop culture ben because most of this is just pop culture so it's hard to you know i mean with me of course it's the it's the 2002 series but
1: yeah so i tried to think outside of the uh my, my, my favorite use of He-Man outside of
2: official He-Man canon. Oh, shit. It didn't hit me until just now. I know exactly where you're going. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. And it is totally the, uh, the money supermarket commercial with the S- He-Man Skeletor dirty dancing.
2: Yes. The I had the time of my life choreographed dance.
1: Oh, man. And those costumes are so fucking beautiful. So good holy shit if they ever make make another live action movie whoever did those costumes need to be in the loop because it was so dead
2: on you know
1: the shame is they will
2: never do that you will never see those suits in a movie as as much as you should
1: god they they were the only the only complaint i had was uh or question i guess more than complaint is why skeletor was wearing sunglasses through the whole
2: thing yeah no shit like
1: like, could they just not get the eyes right and they're like fuck it put these sunglasses on
2: yeah because i think he's even doing the uh jennifer gray role like the baby role not the patrick swayze role and i don't think either one of them wore sunglasses anyway
1: no i don't think that it's been a while since i saw dirty dancing but i don't think
2: they were yeah
1: but uh yeah nobody put skeletor in a
2: corner yeah and i'm i'm pretty sure they have uh they have a couple other commercials with uh with those actors in those suits like oh do they there's one with a parade i know that well yeah it, once you make
1: those suits fucking use him. he man's like super bulked up like he's wearing like a big fucking muscle suit they didn't just get a yeah. big dude they're like big dudes aren't big enough for he man yeah we need to make him bigger he's got like the right proportions and the hair and, and-
2: his wig is terrible but it's great
1: but yeah that's he man didn't have the best haircut like no. No, one's, no one's going to their barber and being like give me the he man
0: <laughs>
1: so yeah that is that that I think was the outside canon thing that gave me the most joy when I saw that. And if you have not seen it, go do it. It's on YouTube.
2: Yep. Use those keywords. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for holding aloft your swords and, uh, having this fabulous secret podcast revealed to you. Um, if you want to let us know how we did today, you can email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can follow us on social medias at, let's see on Facebook. We've got the Geek Exploration the podcast page. Uh, Instagram, we're Geek Exploration Podcast. And Twitter, we are Geek Explore Pod. So if you enjoyed
1: today's podcast, please go leave us a 5 Cosmic Key review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget we've got merch available at shop.geekexplorationpodcast.com. I can't wait to see what John draws for this episode.
2: Oh, I've already drawn it. You've seen it.
1: Oh. Wow, I can't wait to remember what John drew for this episode. (laughs) I do need to color it. Our theme song is "Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Until next time.
0: I don't like to feel good. I like to feel evil.